If you're looking to spice up your marriage, may we suggest covert espionage. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Rebooted. Rebooted, the podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week, we're talking about True Lies, one of my favorite action movies of all time, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold, T- Tia Carrera, Marshall Manesh, and Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, baby. I love this movie. To be fair, <laughs> extraordinarily long. I, it could be, it could have been yeah. like an hour shorter. I think no movie deserves a sequel quite like this one. So you could have given me like three of these movies to tell this whole thing. And I would have been like, great, I'm there. I think they were going to. And then 9-11 happened. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, they were going to make a sequel. Yeah, they were going to make a sequel to this movie. They had the script ready. Uh-huh. Everyone was on board. And then 9-11 happened, and then James Cameron was like, terrorism isn't funny anymore. Like, it was funny before then, but, like, they just scrapped it. It's interesting that they would not try to re- do rewrites. Like, the movie doesn't have to be about terrorism. That's kind of odd. Yeah. I, he I gave mean, up. <laughs> he get, he, James he Cameron's up. a wuss. Sodium Amatol was about a truth agent. It makes you tell the truth? Mm-hmm. Is it working? Ask me questions that I normally would like to. Are we gonna die? Yep. I'd say it's working. They're gonna shoot us in the head, or they're gonna torture us to death. Okay. Or they're gonna leave us here until the bomb blows Harry! Out. Man, I miss Arnold. Not that he's gone or anything, it's just like... <laughs> All of his uh, movies are just like expendables. Oh, guys, guys, guys! What a movie to come back to. Um, that didn't make sense because we did a podcast last week. So this is the <laughs> second a, movie to come back to. What a movie to come back to as like for us to revisit it. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Like, yeah. This movie, I, I don't know anyone who doesn't like this movie. Is that weird to say? Like, I, I really don't know anyone who's like, ugh, true lies. What an unfunny, boring movie. Yeah, I, I'll I like, say this. I don't think I've ever had a conversation about it casually in which someone <laughs> would would have a chance to be like, ugh, stop talking about my least favorite movie of all time. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's great. <laughs> First thing I say to a stranger, I bring up True Lies. I'm like, <laughs> what are your thoughts? How many times have you seen it? Are you are you a real human? Here's the thing. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start using this because my um dating app opener is always what's the last movie you watched because I will judge a person a lot for that. So maybe the new opener is what are your opinions on True Lies? And if they say horrible movie, swipe we, left we can, i can i can guarantee you we will not be compatible long term if you don't enjoy this <laughs> um this is truly a great movie guys if you haven't seen true lies please go and check it out it's actually like un you're unable to rent it on like apple so or amazon very weird so i don't know exactly how you're gonna get a copy of this movie 
maybe illegally through through nefarious websites, websites you probably shouldn't be going on, websites you don't Whoa. want the government knowing for you to be on, which brings us to our first advertisement, NordVPN. No, I'm just kidding. Could you imagine if we had ads? <laughs> this podcast would be two hours long. Um, check it out. I think it's a I think it's a classic. Would you argue it's a classic? It's it's I don't want to throw these labels around willy-nilly, but it's a hundred percent a classic. Hundred percent a classic. Uh, and I, Brian Flynn, the most important movie opinion you'll ever hear, am joined by the second most important <laughs> movie opinion, Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you? Um, I'm doing good. I'm trying I watched this movie a long time ago, and by a long time ago I mean like two months ago. And I'm trying to decipher because I took a healthy amount of notes and I don't know what they all mean. Okay. I took no notes but watched it this morning. So Great. maybe we'll do a little Great. Codex. You you give me the message and then I will like a spy mm. convert it in my brain. Okay. And process it. Um yeah, if, if you guys haven't been around, we haven't been around cuz I was in Atlanta for weeks and weeks and weeks and so we're just getting back into podcasting this year for these movies, so yeah, this one was uh, we watched this like two months ago, fully ready to record this back in February. And now we're just getting around to it. But before Ken and I take this classic movie and recast it as if it was to be remade today, uh, we're going to talk about some actual reboot news straight out of Hollywood. Uh, what's on the docket today? Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Donald Glover reboot Mr. and Mrs. Smith as Amazon series. Um, this popped up a couple weeks ago. Um, Donald Glover. Uh, mega star from such things as Community and uh, Atlanta and his musical turn as Childish Gambino um, is joining his solo co-star Phoebe Waller-Bridge also mega star from her show running series mm -hmm. uh, Fleabag and the Killing Eve yes yes um, they're teaming up to become the next Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a remake of the 2005 feature film, which starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie uh, as a married couple who were rival spies and the movie that broke up Brad and Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. Um, Bad mojo, man. Yeah, man. Um, so Mr. and Mrs. Smith has been in development hell for a little bit, uh, according to Deadline. Uh, the it was directed by Doug Lyman and written by Simon Kingberg and the two routine for a TV series version, which went to pilot uh, production at ABC, but was not picked up to series. Uh, it starred Martin Henderson and Jordana Brewster in the title roles. Um, here's some Hollywood hearsay from yours truly. Okay. I know that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is dating someone. I know Donald Glover is probably dating someone. I'm almost positive these two are are boinking. Like I, I just feel like <laughs> I'm sorry. How old are you? <laughs> they're stupping. I'm an 84 year old man. All right. <laughs> I aged a thousand years in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think they're fucking getting down. I don't know. I just get this vibe from them that they like like to collaborate in the writers' room and in the bedroom. But that's all hearsay. Do you think? This is what there's the evidence I'm going off of. Watch there like Donald Glover did a really hilarious like tribute to Phoebe Waller-Bridge at some like 
BAFTA award ceremony. Mm-hmm. And they talk about like like when they met on Solo. I think they met before joining Solo and there was like just before they, that movie was beginning production. And the way that they talk about each other's work, you're kind of like, mm, okay. Like, okay. And Phoebe was really sweet and incredibly graceful. And we got to talk about writing and our shows and how fun and weird these parties were and the state of television and all that. And she was really charming and had an unpredictable air about her that I hadn't really experienced in anybody else. I don't know. I just get this vibe that like that they'd fuck, which is why I think this project is going to be great, because I think there's going to be natural chemistry that they're going to feed off of. Do you think there's something about this story that kind of requires literal chemistry that like it, it'll like because think about it like Brad and Angelina like full disclosure I've never seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith but from what I can tell the way that it works the most is that there is electricity happening between them and that's what you need is that literal like oh, yeah, like outside of this, they're not going to be able to keep their hands off each other. Like, d- does it sort of require that energy? That's an interesting question. I <clears throat> I don't know if it requires it, but I think if you have two celebrities, two stars that have it, you're taking a pretty good idea and making it like must watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... You know, I think the gossip about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie only fueled people's interest in watching that movie. Hmm. Because by all accounts, and I have friends that I have argued about this, is like, I don't find it to be a particularly great movie. Hmm. I think it's fine. I, I honestly don't even remember what it's about. I just know that they try and kill each other in the house for like half an hour and it kind of gets tiring. But I just feel like people were like, oh, damn. These two were shipping. These two were doing the horizontal tango. I'm just trying to think of other lame ways to talk about sex. I, I don't know. It's it's really, yes. I'll say yes. Oh, it's really interesting because I think I mean I think it's going to be great because these two have such a unique um, comedic voice in a way that I think would be really fun in a sort of like action comedy realm. Um, So yeah, I think that's definitely fun. I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm usually right about this stuff, guys. I'm usually a hundred percent right about, no, I just, (laughs) (laughs) here's what's weird. It would be like if you, let's say you were dating someone long-term and then you told that person like, Oh, um, me and uh, my friend from work are going to star in Unfaithful, a readaption, uh, an adaptation of Diane Lane and Richard Gere's like sex thriller. Mm-hmm. Your partner would be like, oh, that seems weird, right? Like, I, it just seems weird that they're pairing on, together for this particular property. Feels like a signal here. I don't know. It also depends on the integrity of your partner. Do you That's trust? True. Do you trust and believe? Do they? Do they have the integrity to do their job and not get know. caught up in in the feelings of it all? It could also just be 
Amazon gave him a billion dollars and he's like, "Uh oh, I need to do something now. Oh, Hundo P. If I was like an actor creator and someone gave me just all like free reign to start creating projects, I would 100% be like, let me make something where I get to have romantic trysts with like my favorite person in Hollywood right now. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're, we're all only human. Like, live your best life. See, from that perspective, doesn't it make sense that they probably, like, got down? Honestly, if this ends up being true, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should change this section from news to just, like, full gossip. Wild speculation. About, yeah, wild speculation. Um <laughs> But let's talk about True Lies. You ready to talk about this this yes. movie? Let's do it. Oh, guys, this is our reboot of True Lies. Helen is having an affair. Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> Nobody Helen. thinks it can happen to them the first time, buddy. Save the tech thing happened to his wife number two. Remember? I had no idea nothing's going on, right? I come home one day, and the house is completely empty. And I mean completely empty. She even took the ice cube trays out of the freezer. What kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer? I read this today. That story about the ice cube trays mm -hmm. really happened to him. Oh, my gosh. That's why That's when, it sounds so real. Yeah. It's <laughs> when Tom Arnold, I, I always forget that Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr. Mm-hmm were married and i guess during their messy divorce she took the ice cube trays out of she took the ice cube trays <laughs> and he told that story to james cameron who thought it was so funny he made him he made tom arnold say it in the movie <laughs> um it's great uh what do we say about true lies directed by james cameron director of such classic classic film as aliens titanic Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Terminator 1 Pre-Judgment Day, <laughs> Avatar, Avatar 2, Avatar 3, Avatar 4, Avatar 5, all TBD. Um, <laughs> stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Harry Tasker, Jamie Lee Curtis as Helen Tasker, Tom Arnold as Albert Gibson, Tia Carrera as Juno Skinner. Um is this right? What's this guy's name? I wrote down Art Malik. That's not right. I think in the opening, I wrote a different, I said a different guy's name. Oh, yeah. Marshall Manesh. Who's Marshall Manesh? Oh, yeah. Different. Okay. Whoever, maybe I got the name wrong, but whoever the bad guy is. Uh, so sorry to Marshall Manesh. You were not being recast in this role, although you are a, a pretty great actor in your own right, being in several things such as A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which I love, Pirates of the Caribbean, How I Met Your Mother, Big Lebowski, uh, <laughs> Art Malik, come on down. You are getting recast on this episode. Um, and then we're also doing a bonus pick for Bill Paxton's character, Simon, the fake spy slash car salesman who's cheating mm -hmm. uh, or is trying to cheat on uh, trying to have an affair with Helen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, we talked about this this uh, movie trying to have sequels that recently was just an article in Deadline about how the TV show at CBS got delayed or it got 
shelved again. Like, mm. they've been trying to make True Lies happen since its release in 1994. What a shame. Um, I know. It just seems like the perfect kind of IP of, like, hard action and comedic characters. Like, you have the husband-wife relationship, sort of, like, the domestic aspect and then like the international espionage sort of vibe. I mean, it's great. And then you got Arnold, Jamie Lee Curtis looking phenomenal. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that stripper scene later. Mm-hmm. It's not a stripper scene. It's a strip tease scene. Brian, yeah, please yes. get it right or pay the price. Get it right. Um, so you had seen this before? This was your first time. What's what's your history with this movie? Um, I've seen it before. Um, not in a long time though. It's definitely one of those rewatches where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there's some there's some weird stuff here, but I still think it's funny and I still think it's great. Like I still buy the like. Arnold has his big opening spy moment and then comes home to his family and he's a family guy and he and his wife just sleep in their fuddy duddy jammies. Like <laughs> I, 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 th- I love that. I don't think I tire of that. So I think it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, and we've come across this in like some of the biggest celebrity names. Like it's very hard to recast people like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's very hard to recast people like Nick Cage. It's very mm-hmm. hard to recast Tom Cruise in these in these projects because you do, you know, at least for movies, like you do really need a movie star to be in the to be in this movie. It's like even the bit part of Simon is played by Bill Paxton. You know, like yeah. I know he's a James Cameron guy, but like I think it's just like you. <laughs> It, to pull this off, you need really charismatic people that people want to watch. Like, mm-hmm. it's weird. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis was like a big risk in this movie. Mm-hmm. And now she's, this is like the most iconic movie role she's done since, I don't know, Trading Places. Like, I'm trying to think of like other Jamie, uh, Halloween, you know, mm-hmm. like, it was hard. This one was hard. And I, I don't know. I don't know how well I did, to be quite honest. I'm a little nervous, but we'll see. I think just announce it with confidence and hopefully I don't shoot you down, you know? (laughs) Okay. Well, with that, should I just kick it off? Should I just start? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So for Harry Tasker, this is hard because it's like you need you need an actor who can you can just accept in an action role. That's the thing is like. I think the hardest part about this character is like accepting not like we need to immediately believe that they could be a spy. So I'm trying to think of like classic action leads. Mm -hmm. The other thing is like, you know, the domestic side, that's where a lot of the comedy comes. So it's like you got to have someone that's like naturally funny and has like good timing. The other thing that was just crazy is that Arnold is 47 when this movie was made. Jamie Lee Curtis was 36. Are we really Mm -hmm. believing that she had... (laughs) A, a kid at the age of 20 no so like my harry and my helen are a little bit older mm-hmm. so i'm hoping that this this works but i picked i picked will smith not what i was expecting but this i don't is think good. i expected it either 
I mean, I mean, I do. I have to go through Will Smith's resume. Here's the thing. I miss action. I miss good, funny comedy action. Will Smith. Mm -hmm. I loved Bad Boys 3 and I was so bored by Gemini Man. I was just like, why is this so boring? Why is he playing a brooding character? Like, yeah, he's Will fucking Smith. Like, let's like, let's see him in the element of being a spy. You know, not that animated spy movie he was just in but you know you know what i'm saying like yeah. wearing the tuxedo like going around you know here's the problem is he too does he stick out too much as a spy but i don't know how believable this has to be like I mean, arnold schwarzenegger is arnold schwarzenegger yeah so. <laughs> a six foot austrian man probably sticks in the suburbs probably sticks out a lot um right. Like Harry Tasker is definitely a, a an alias for this person. He was not born with that yeah. name. But I think I think that's really good because action comedy is the air that Will Smith breathes. And we haven't seen him do a lot of like that sort of like mainstream action comedy in years. And so now I'm like, yeah, I miss that. I want I want that. How sad that we'll never get it. I <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, there is something interesting about being like, okay, what are our major action franchises? And I find myself looking at like the cast of like, like something like the Fast and the Furious. And I'm like, none of these people, like <laughs> as much as I love that, like none of these people are it. Like, like, I'm not there's a world in which I'm like, oh, like a like a Jason Statham, but I'm like, no, that's not even though really making his way into action comedy. I think it's good for yeah. him. Um so I was just like, especially because and I'll get to this maybe more when we talk about Helen, but I think I think I would focus more on making Helen more of the star of this movie. So part of me wants to make Harry like like not cast a superstar because he's not he is an accessory to her story more mm -hmm. um so anyway i picked sam hewen star of outlander um who i think is a, a terrific presence and mm -hmm. would and would wear um wear the sort of like tuxedo lifestyle well but also like come home to his wife and kid uh, in a really interesting way and just doesn't stick out because I don't think Will Smith sticks out too much. But so I, I hope Sam Hewen also would not stick out as like, what is this man doing? Just like living in a in a four bedroom home in the suburbs. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard because like any actor you pick, I mean, how believable is it that they aren't going to stick out? You know, like the best buys are people that you don't pay attention to, that they're not mm -hmm. famous celebrities. Um, it's interesting that you went young. Like, how old is this kid? Like, 40? Sam Hewen's what? Like, 32? 36? He's 40. Okay, he's 40. So, like, is he having, like, does he have a teenage child? Like, that just, I don't know. It feels weird, maybe because I'm closer to 40. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> the thought that I would have a teenage child is, like, beyond me. So, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know anyone who's having kids in their early 20s but uh, good for them different strokes for different folks oh i know <clears throat> um sam hewen i think is a really good pick i mean 
I'm interested to see who your Helen is because I think it's like if he's not your main star, he's just such he's such eye candy. So I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see like who who is this lucky lady. Okay, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> so you're up. Um, yeah, I think Helen is so. It's such an interesting character because Jamie Lee Curtis is really good at, I think, being, she's not like frump, she's not like a frumpy housewife, but there's something like so unassuming about her in the beginning, but yet you buy her completely when she is trying to sort of like pull herself together uh, to, to seduce a (laughs) (laughs) so weird like there was a moment during this whole plan they hatched that I was like who's paying for this like the taxpayer like these guys work for the CIA so (laughs) why are they tailing Helen and trying to trick her into like proving she's cheating on him like it's 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 emotional abuse honestly but um so I I wanted to pick someone who I think could pull off the sort of like, oh, I'm nobody at the beginning and then turn into like the sort of like ultra sexy, like, like it's, it's always been inside her all along, uh, trained spy. Um, mm-hmm. So I picked Emily Blunt. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about her. Um, I got worried that like emily blunt it's like maybe it feels like a natural pair to just like cast krasinski as the husband so i was just like i don't know but she's so good like Mm -hmm. she does action really well which is strange that she hasn't done more of it like yeah i've been meaning to rewatch edge of tomorrow again because my boss like for months was just talking about how it's like a near perfect movie and i was like i don't remember it that well like i should really watch it but that's interesting i I like your take that like Helen is like because the way that like Jamie Lee Curtis plays it is like she's kind of this nervous bookish woman and then by the end she's like joins the team mm-hmm. um, I feel like Helen in this modern time would have to be a little more um, I mean I loathe the phrase boss bitch but like I think she just <laughs> has to be more of a like complete person you know like mm. Helen seems to just have this like kind of menial job. I just feel like she would, I don't know. It's like one of those things where like, okay, she's married to a spy. Like that's probably the most interesting job you can have. He's probably attracted to someone who has an equally interesting, if not like just as like kind of crazy work life. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to, I just, the way that I thought of Helen in this regard was that like, it's not like she's just like a lonely housewife. It's like they're just like both two uh, busy people. Maybe this is like the uh, uh, what was that Our other Arnold movie where the wife was just like a home, like the Christmas movie that we talked about. Oh, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, maybe this is like a Jingle All the Way situation where I keep trying to make like the female wife character have a complete and full other like life as opposed to just like a doting, I don't know, spouse character. Um, it, it would be interesting, though, I think, to maybe when I think of like spy with normal life cover, I'm like, oh, well, then your family is a cover. And so there's a part of me that's like, what if this is this is the conflict is like she finds out he's a spy and she's like, wait, so do we mean anything to you or is that why you're never around? Like, you don't really love us. And 
he like maybe he's like oh well that's the way it started but then like he he thinks she's cheating on him and he's like flying into a rage because he's like oh no yeah like i do really care about this these people yeah i i really like that i I kind of the way that i'm seeing it and maybe it makes more sense if i tell you who i picked um Mm -hmm. i picked reese witherspoon who Mm -hmm. like in real life is this sort of you know go-getting successful mother and talent like it's just sort of like she built she's really she spends a lot of her time like building a family life for her kids that like I, I that's sort of how I saw Helen just like in my own mind that it's like she's someone who like you said is like our life our family life is the most important thing like we work so that we can like take care of our kids and like live in this nice house and live in this nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that you've been lying to me this entire time. Like that's yeah. really sort of where this movie kind of rests. And much like this podcast, it takes like an hour to get into <laughs> like before <laughs> they get there. Uh-huh. Um, but that's who I sort of saw like these, you know, I just saw Reese Witherspoon type that like when it finally becomes like her turn to like shoot guns at the bad guys, you know, is, isn't like a wilting violet is, is mm-hmm. like, you know, just that attitude of like not withering from the chance to be, cause I think Helen in this one is like, oh, she's desperate for fantasy. She's mm-hmm. desperate to do something out of the box where I feel like a modern Helen is just like, you know, she's intrigued by that. And like, maybe she thinks her life is kind of boring, but she's not like, she's not running from her life or trying mm-hmm. to like, I don't know. It just, it felt like very, romance novel-y mm. that I, I was trying to get away from. Why did you go to Carlos's hideout? He wanted me to go to Paris with him on a mission to pose as his wife. And you agreed? Why? I don't know. I guess I needed something. What did you need? I needed to feel alive. All right. Should we move on to Albert, played by Tom Arnold? Probably (laughs) every line he says was just fucking hilarious. It was really shocking. It like he had so many great lines. He does have a lot of great lines. 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 (laughs) He does have a lot of great lines. He's also a little a little problematic for me. Um which I think it's because he's a he's a 90s movie trope, which is like the wisecracking sidekick who says he he like says the jokes that like 40 year old married people at the time were like, oh, yeah, ball and chain. Am I right? Like, <laughs> is that funny? Not always. Um, but yes, there was a lot that I was like, I'm glad he's here because it pushes the comedy over the top in a way that I wanted to see a lot more of. Yeah. I mean, he kind of is like a walking, talking man cave at times. I, I I do think that it's like his view on marriage though, being so kind of like crass and jaded helps Harry and Helen's story because they truly are a couple that loves each other and would never really cheat on each other. Like, um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of was like, all right, wait, whose turn is it? It's my turn. I, I kind of was like, I'm gonna keep kind of the same character of like the guy who's just like, 
kind of that tells it as as it is, but like isn't afraid to just say outlandish things, but with conviction, like he that he believes that this point of view, while like hilarious, you know, it makes sense like why he would feel this way as a guy who's like been divorced four times and maybe isn't the most emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, developed person. But I ended up picking Bill Burr. I just thought having Bill mm. Burr in this in an action movie would be fucking great just to like pair him with you know uh, you know an action lead and have him be the guy that's just like having to set up these like sexy spy dates between them, you know what I mean <laughs> and just being like why am i doing this like this is insane yeah i think i think that's a good choice i think he would definitely give that sort of energy i think i really just wanted to steer the movie away from the sort of overly masculine like if if the story is more of helen's to just steer it away from from like because there is just something about me that balks when it's like oh like i just don't think today's audiences would laugh in the same way at the same stuff um but i think I wanted to inject a different kind of comedic voice. So I picked Leslie Jones and I think there was something really fun to me about having his sidekick be maybe like a single woman. Um, Mm. And there's still like a snark and a, a bite to what she's saying, but it is a little more like she feels like she has free reign to discuss it. And I just, I just think the comedy would be a little different, maybe more appealing mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me. No, that makes sense. I, I really like Leslie Jones. I think it's like, it's always nice to see her in things that, like, I mean, let's be honest, like traditional Hollywood, like, wouldn't want her to be there. But like, it, it's, it makes the movie more alive when you have someone with such a different perspective play in this, you know, mm-hmm. in this, in the world that you're setting up. Um, I think it would be funny to just have her and Sam Hewen running around like Germany or Eastern Europe on missions <laughs> together. The, I think that would be an interesting pair. The like van they're in on the icy road, just yeah. <laughs> absolutely out of control. It also would make me feel a little more comfortable because there was a point when uh, they're talking about Dana, his daughter, And they say lots of things that like shocked me because at first I was like, oh my gosh, we just watched this girl like run off with some guy. And it turns out she's 14 years old and literally what parent would just kind of let that happen and be like, I don't know, 14, she's 14. Um, Anyway, there were lots of things said in that car that was just kind of like, I think because like they're musing about like, what is she doing with this guy? Um, that I was like, sure, this might be an accurate representation of what two guys would have conceived that she's actually doing. But I think there is something more interesting about maybe her trying to like cut his daughter a little slack and him still being mm-hmm. like, no, I'm very worried. Yeah. Um, just so we're not just so we're not disparaging teenage girls. I told her better than that. Yeah, well, you're not her parents anymore, you and Helen. Her parents are Axel Rose and Madonna. The five minutes a day you spend with her can't compete with that kind of constant bombardment. You're outgunned, Daddy-o. 
You know, it's not just because you're a bad parent. I mean, kids today are 10 years ahead of where we were at the same age. Morning. Morning, Mr. Tosper. I bet you think she's still a virgin. Oh, don't be ridiculous. She's only, what is she now? She's 14 years old. She's only 14, she's 14 years old. And her little hormones are going like a fire alarm. Huh. If I say it's even money, she lets that physicist on the bike pointer. Oh, not Dana. Oh, not Dana. Denial. It's not just river in Egypt no more, is it, Harry? She's probably stealing the money to pay for an abortion. Maybe they Helen and Harry could have been around a little bit more. Like it's it's not Dana's fault that she's running with a bad crowd. Right. I did love that moment though when you first meet her and she's wearing the giant motorcycle helmet and Tom Arnold walks in and he's just like, I remember the first time I got shot out of a cannon. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Yeah, motorcycle helmets have come a long way. That thing is huge. Um But I like that. I I, I like that point of view. Um should we move on to Juno Skinner, played by Tia Carrera, who was like the it woman of like the mid 90s? Yeah, a good get for the I guess the the one part of the villain set, uh, which that's a thing is like this movie is so big. Like there's the story of, of Helen and Harry and the story of like that spy mission but also this it's a big world um so what we're looking for is for someone who is worldly and very like glamorous and she's like a public facing part of this operation making art deals and seducing spies um smuggling nuclear weapons into into the caribbean yeah, as you do. Um, yeah. So I picked Priyanka Chopra, Jonas. Ah, Jonas. Um, <laughs> formerly, Fuck, that's good. Formerly Priyanka Chopra. Damn it, that's a good pick. Was she in? What was she in? Oh, she was in that rom com. Uh, the one was with that? Rebel Wilson. Yes, the Rebel Wilson rom. What is that called? Isn't it romantic? That's right. That's what it's called. That's a good pick, man. That's a bummer. See, it's only a bummer because I liked who I picked, but like I've picked her twice, and you know how mm-hmm. I hate to reach that like three-time mm-hmm. person club. Um, this would have been, this would have been pretty much. Priyanka Chopra's thirty-eight. Yeah. How old is Nick Jonas? Like twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, there's a huh. significant age difference. I mean, <laughs> who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Like back to her actual acting talent. Um, let's see what else was she in. Uh, Quantico, never saw. The White Tiger, I never saw. Baywatch, I heard was unwatchable. <laughs> oh, she's gonna be in the Matrix Four. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. I, I mean. I think this is a great pick. I'm fucking jealous. I ended up picking uh, Isa Gonzalez from mm. Baby Driver, Bloodshot. Very femme fatale, like classic femme fatale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I think that's a really good choice. She is kind of that, like, beautiful, dangerous it girl. Because mm-hmm. that's essentially the only thing she's getting cast in for now. But. <laughs> I know. See, that's the thing. It like it just seemed easy, and that's why I'm like, that's why I'm getting down on myself about it. But I think she would do great in it, so that's why she works. Uh, 
I'm trying to think of like the oh Tia Carrera in the helicopter scene where she she and Helen like Helen like slaps her across the face and she gets cut because Helen's like turned her wedding ring mm-hmm. inside out. Oh man, it's fucking it's a good fight. It's a good fucking <laughs> um All right. All right. Brent's getting worked up. All right, let's move on to Salim Abu Aziz, played by Art Malik. Um, this guy is so funny. Like, there's nothing really. I mean, the, the bad guys in this are all kind of like, they're kind of like Spiel, Spielberg Nazis. Like, you know, like they're not. Mm. And, uh, like James Cameron said this uh, in interviews when people were like, you know, this movie doesn't really portray, you know, Middle Easterners in any kind of good light. And he was just like, yeah, but I wasn't like. He's not going after a particular culture or country. He was trying to make them just vague, menacing, which is probably why it is, you know, a little uh, insensitive. But this guy really doesn't have much character to him, right? Like yeah. He's, there's no nuance to him. He just wants to blow up the United States. He wants to set off a nuke in the yeah. United States. I think that's where the the problematic characterization really comes from, is that... The idea is, okay, the people, the bad guys are terrorists. Okay, when we think terrorists, we think of Middle Eastern terrorist organizations. Okay, so what is their goal? I don't know, to just kill people? Like, that's what terrorists do. Like, there isn't the completion of, like, it, it's pre-9-11, but post, um, post-first World Trade Center bombing. So, like... We have this vision of, of of who terrorists are in a way that honestly today that's not it. But Right. Like have you have you watched any Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes. So like that quote unquote terrorist group, like the Flag Smashers, it's like all it's like a global mismatch of people, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like that is now well, you worked on Jack Ryan. Like Jack yeah. Ryan had Middle Eastern bad guys like but I feel like the main bad guy was like a Belgium dude. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like terrorism in film now is like this multicultural, like, fully inclusive bad guy campaign. It's like, oh, yeah, anyone can be a terrorist. Like, Canadians are yeah. terrorists. And, and like, truly, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, as someone who did work on a show about terrorists, like, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with characterizing known terrorist groups as terrorist groups. But like, I think something like Jack Ryan accomplishes in season one is being like, let's go back to the exact moment that this person was radicalized and give their character a story that is about culture and family and, and history in a way that like, as American audiences, when we typically go like terrorism, we mean one thing, but it's not just like bad people doing bad things. Like there's a reason for everything. And so now I think you're right. Like thinking about it in the Falcon and the winter soldier, there's like the terrorist organization is this sort of like misguided do gooders. Like things are, things are different. They're um, like refugees more than anything. They're just like yeah. trying to reset some things. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, I kind of like I didn't I picked an actor not for any particular reason other than 
He's an international actor. He's kind of in a lot of big movie stuff. I thought it would be interesting to see him play a villain. Um, and uh, so I'll just say, I, so I picked a French actor named Omar Sy, mm. um, who is black. And I thought it'd be cool to have, you know, you know, I have a black hero and a black villain. I think that, you know, he's French, so it's not like there's no inference that like, oh, if he was like, I don't know, from I'm trying to think of like a really. I don't know, it, like it doesn't seem like there's any sort of like stereotypical thing people can leech off of if I, I picked like a Korean actor, then people would be like, mm -hmm. oh, he's from North Korea or like a Chinese actor. Like it just felt like this bad guy would probably have a much different sort of motivation. Like, honestly, I like I, I feel like it would be like a class motivation that a nationality motivation it, mm -hmm. like in, in the original True Lies, it really feels like, oh, this guy just hates America. Yeah. Where I feel like now it would be like, oh, they want to like topple the banks or mm -hmm. they want to um like do a fight club and and <laughs> re like reset the credit like the global credit system or something mm -hmm. like that so i just wanted to pick someone who i thought was like really intelligent because i think aziz i mean he's intelligent in a way that like he passes off as like a henchman like you think he's just like mm -hmm. uh you know, a lower tier enforcer. And it turns out that he's like the mastermind behind the whole thing. Yeah. Which I kind of like that. It's like, oh, this guy at least gets his hands dirty. He's not like moving pieces on his own. He's like, no, I'm going to do this myself kind of thing. So so I picked. Uh, if you don't know who Omar Sy is, he's in the Jurassic World series. He was in one of the X-Men movies. He's in a movie... He stars. He stars in a movie. Let me pull this up because the trailer looked incredible. He's on a, um, a French Netflix show right now. That's actually really good. Oh, Lupin. Yeah, that looked incredible. I guess he was in Inferno, the Tom Hanks movie. Oh, he's in Burnt. You guys, you guys watch Burnt? What's Burnt? It's the um, Bradley Cooper movie about chefs trying to earn his like. Uh third oh, michelin yeah. star oh my gosh and spoiler omar Sy is the guy who like he like fucks up the dinner service mm. so that bradley they, cooper doesn't get it because he hates bradley cooper michelin stars Ugh. drama um, high drama drama, drama. Anyways, um, that's perfect. i think he's a, i think he's a great really cool exciting choice because he there's something about him that feels very familiar because i have been watching lupin lupin as they say because it's french but um i think he's one of those people where i'm like wow this guy's kind of a star so it's it feels weird to me that i'm like huh i, I feel like maybe i've seen more of him than i think i or maybe i haven't seen as much of him as i think i have um but he's super captivating um I, I I think I'm thinking in the same direction you are. I went in a completely different direction though. Um, because I agree I think crime now is is maybe a little more uh white collar or maybe terrorism is a little more white collar than we or even blue collar. This is America. Um <laughs> but maybe maybe it's something a little more like xenophobic where it's like I wanna I wanna I wanna cause destruction and blame it on somebody else like there's some sort of political motive um so i picked someone who i think would make a 
and is has played a villain and makes a great villain and i think especially in a in an action comedy would be just so much fun to see play a villainous role i picked hugh grant oh my god that's i would watch the shit out of that like that's really funny like i uh i didn't get to get through all the way through the gentleman but like Paddington, I mean Paddington Two, baby. Paddington Two, I mean Hugh Grant. You would have to do something different. Like he, I don't think Hugh. I don't think you could hide Hugh Grant amongst a cast of like extras and background actors and be like, um, "That was Hugh Grant." Like mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to be the main <laughs> bad guy. But um, I would totally watch him as like some kind of like evil. Uh, I don't know, businessman or politician or someone who's like manipulating the system to do something nefarious. Like I would totally watch that. I think yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make this movie. Let's do it. Um, all right. Well, that blew me away. I, I'm very curious to see who you picked as Simon. Yeah. Played by the Bill Paxton. The interesting thing about this is that it felt he's not a huge, huge part of the story, but he felt so important because it's Bill Paxton. And so the stunt casting of that is feels so important that like mm-hmm. he should be a star. He should be recognizable. He should be like smooth, but also a little like gross. See, it's not just a car. It's a total image an identity you have to go for. This isn't some high-tech sports car. Tell you the truth, it doesn't even handle that great. But that's not the idea, is it? What are we talking about here? Pussy, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Let's face it, Harry. The vet, get some wet. I think someone I would really enjoy seeing in this part would be Pedro Pascal. Oh, that's cool. Love Pedro Pascal. I, um definitely see it like just someone who can like this is how i sort of saw it is like when you first meet simon you kind of think he is a spy yeah that like he is some other agent of some other you know agency like and that's how helen has been roped into this movie but as soon as it turns and you realize that he's just some loser like used car salesman that it's like you you have to you have to have someone like really kind of play the patheticness of that character and uh i think pedro could do that i mean if this is pure stunt casting i um my pick is bananas but um i like pedro pascal i went um i went with an actor who's older Mm -hmm. uh i didn't realize how old he was but uh every time he cameos in a movie i think he just makes that movie better and uh who could really maybe you would think like oh he he might actually be another spy and then you know piss himself on top of a of a (laughs) dam um this is weird i picked matt damon Hmm. i i wanted that born connection kind of thing like maybe like oh maybe he's back playing some kind of cool other spy and then he just becomes like matt damon from thor ragnarok he's just like there to be like some kind of red herring for the story a bit Um, matt damon loves a cameo he loves a cameo like do you remember when uh 
he just showed up in Interstellar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, what? Act three, Matt Damon introduction. Great. Love it. Can't wait. Oh, he's the bad guy. All right. That's interesting. <laughs> surprise. Um, surprise. Um, so that's who I picked. I don't know. Why not? I ask you, why not? There's no good reason. There is no good reason. He's 50 years old, though. That was the only thing. I was like, I was really trying to find a younger kind of hmm. love interest, but I just I just wanted to put Matt Damon in this stupid movie. <laughs> I think that he's definitely still like, he, he. they might make him look a little like rough, but he's still like alluring. Yeah, I just think it would be funny like to see him like, like what the loser like side of him would be like what would he like how pathetic you could make his character be because like he could pull off suave spy like no problem but then like i don't know i just saw him like wearing like cargo shorts and like (laughs) you know just really make him sad um all right that's it wait yeah that's it we did it we We cast true lies um let's move on to uh, our last but not least character, where does Barry Pepper go? Did I just call him Barry Peppered? Past tensed? Peppered. He has been peppered. Um, I made him Spencer Tilby, the Nick Fury type leader of the spy agency. Me too. Um, also because what what is that character? Like, <laughs> played by Charlton Heston. Right. Red herring of like, oh, very important character. Nope. He is, he has a, he has an eye patch. Why? He's in one scene. He, it just seems like he is something. Um, And it's a total, like, it's a total non-starter of, of, I guess, congratulations. You got like a, a huge, a huge old, older Hollywood movie star to do this, but what? Yeah, I don't know. It was really, it's really weird. Like, is that scene necessary at all? Like, couldn't they have, like, done that? Like, oh, we're tracking this guy uh, through the movie in some other way. It's just like, it's 10 minutes of showing Arnold Schwarzenegger at, at the office. And it's just yeah. like, oh, this is so unnecessary. Um, what else about this movie? Um, I think I say dana jump to dana like once a month at least like in the she's she's so sick she's heard it her whole life since this movie's come out she's like yeah i get it like she brought up this this question which is a more famous quote involving the name dana is it dana jump from true lies or is there is no dana there's only zool from ghostbusters uh ghostbusters okay that's what i figured but i mean dana jump is it's, it's pretty great. Do you? Say, she jumps onto like a a moving jet fighter. Do you say like his it plan in is to have the accent? Oh, fully. Yeah, <laughs> Dana jump, Dana jump. I think that what's what's a shame is that Ghostbusters is just more well known, but people should know this movie more. There's so many one-liners in this movie that it's like there. There's some moment where like. Harry has this fight. He's like listening to the transcripts of the phone conversation between Helen and Simon. Mm-hmm. And he like pulls the car over and Tom Arnold's like, oh, is it my turn to drive? That <laughs> just gets me. He's just like, I don't know. There's a lot of one liners in here. Um, 
I don't have anything else. I, I, I don't have any notes. I just, I don't just think really I do enjoy watching this movie. 10 out of 10. No notes. No notes. I wonder, like, why can't we rent this? What's it's, going on? It's very weird. I was shocked to find that I had to create a subscription to one of those, like, Sling or Trubo or, like, whatever... <laughs> To watch this yeah. because I was like, why can't I just rent this on it's on really iTunes? Strange. It's really strange. Who owns this movie? Fox. Oh, it's not on Disney Plus. Like, the, what's their adult thing called? Oh, I don't think so. Is has that debuted? I don't know. Maybe that's why it, it's not anywhere because Disney now owns it. It's it's know. just insane. It's wild. Um, would you remake this movie? I think. I mean, here's the thing. I honestly, I'm like, maybe not remake it. I just really feel like this movie needs a sequel. And we really missed out on getting the sequel. So I don't know. Maybe a re we're just at the point where we need to reboot it if we're going to start a franchise. But but couldn't this couldn't you make something where it's like, you know, you get the right cast and then you just wedge Arnold in the like nick fury role whatever like that character's name is which mm -hmm. i just read but like you just tie it in that way where it's like oh arnold rose to the ranks he's still there he's still working and he can like give some like comedic insight to this person who's having marital problems during the job and just be like you know a little wink to the honest like i've been there i think the, my, the point is is like i don't love any scenario where you negate this movie where you like delete this movie from yeah I don't know the cinematic universe that it's in I, I i you know what i mean like it's too good it should it should grow things from it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um well that's it for us guys thank you for joining us this week on rebooted i hope you enjoyed our discussion of true lies i hope you check out our wonderful discussions of hundreds of other other movies hundreds a hundred and plus a hundred plus movies yeah. that we've done so far and uh check us out next week we got a or two weeks from now i don't remember how how often we release but uh we got another great movie lined up for you tell your friends tell your family tell your enemies <gasps> tell your therapist tell oh, anyone you can please uh, talk to your therapist about us <laughs> of course yes Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. You can also find us on social media at RebootedBod, on Twitter, on Instagram. You're on you're on one of them. Just find us. Find us. Yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it, I don't know how how other, how many other ways we can say this. Like, just 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 listen. Just listen mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. For the love of Pete. Oh. Um, uh, all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Was that a good Arnold Goodbye. impression? Yeah, it's pretty good. Thanks. <laughs>